you're looking for signals that the person in front of you is starting to embark on your story because you're going to tell a story and you better see that the audience is already listening. You know, if you see many people in the audience who are working on their phone, uh, watching a podcast, <laughs> doing things like that, then what you do is you throw a big joke, something like, uh, like uh, totally Canadian. <laughs> and, and then you capture your audience, you watch it, and, and, then, uh, and then you can start to tell your story because it, it's useless to start your story when you haven't prepared the, the ground. So often what I would do is you, you tell things that are not the story, but that are preparing the story. And then when you see the feedback from the people is good, then you, you start to, uh, to get into the, the story. Welcome to What Are We Talking About, a podcast produced by Water Online. Hosts Jim Laurier of Maisie Injector Company and Adam Tank of Transcend Water, a dynamic boomer millennial combo, will help you demystify how to build a better brand for your business, keep current and prospective customers engaged with your company, and ultimately grow your sales. They interview some of the most interesting and unique water professionals who have used the art of storytelling to move the needle for themselves and for their organizations. Well, today's guest is Hervé Buisson. Hervé is the senior advisor of Veolia for the Innovation and Technologies Group. And uh, Hervé, uh, both Adam and I got to know you when we met, we were all speaking at a conference, a digital technologies conference in the water space a number of years ago. And then just a couple of weeks ago, you and I spoke at another conference together on a panel. And uh, so thanks for joining us. We're really looking forward to uh, having you as our guest on this podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Good to see you again, Adam and Jim. Likewise, Hervé. It's, I can't believe it's probably been five, six years at least since we spoke together. Uh, one, of the, you know, one of the things that Jim and I always talk about in regards to that event that we were at was water being such a small world and that you often run into the same people over and over. And when I hear your name, Ervi, in the conversations Jim and I have, but also with others in industry, one of the things that continues to flow to the top is that you are sort of this, this figurehead, if you will, for innovation at Veolia. And you are like the master storyteller on behalf of, of that company, which is a huge company, by the way. So I'd like to start there. I'd like to get your thoughts on how you have sort of become the default go-to storyteller for Veolia to represent the company at various speaking engagements and conferences, et cetera. Well, you know, first, there are many talented people in Veolia. And so to be the one, I'm not sure. <laughs> That's a heavy burden. But, uh, but definitely over the years, you know, I've started the... Uh, uh, I joined Veolia in 96. I was in Canada by then in this, uh, there is a famous corridor in Canada near Toronto, which did interesting things, you know, MBR, UV. And so I was headhunted by a, a friend uh, and then I joined Veolia. And, um, and uh, I guess research center, then business, you know, I had different exposure. And because of my personality at the time I joined, I was no longer shy and I was not afraid to, to share my passion because it's really a, a passion I had for water treatment and, 
and to be able to witness, you know, some of the great innovations in Veolia and also outside, then I became more and more excited and vocal. And I guess people, well, let me talk. So <laughs> here I am. Yeah, I think I think one of the things you told us, and and it's a really good point that you made, Hervé, is that it's important to listen to your audience, to understand who your audience is. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that, how you go about that, and also, you know, the ways you 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 find uh, the opportunity to speak to these these different audiences. Yeah, I think it's very important. You know, when you're uh, the first uh, conference I went to, I was young, maybe 23. That was the first time I was shaking, <laughs> and then, but then slowly you you mature a bit, and then you realize that uh, the best way for you to pass a message. And it's strange to say that is to listen, to listen to the feedback from the audience, and and so uh, and slowly you build as you hear, basically. And I think that's something that some of the great speakers, and I'm learning still, but some of the great speakers, you can see that they they listen, they watch the audience, they have prepared in advance, so you come prepared, of course, so you know your what you're going to say. But then based on the audience, you, you definitely can shift. And that's very important in a conference. It's even more important when you meet a customer. You know? <laughs> there, you really have to listen because uh, you know, uh, the customer may surprise you and bring you to a certain space. And when you go to an arbitration also, <laughs> I learned in arbitrations to listen. and, 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 and to uh, So listening is very important. It's uh, definitely you have to do that. Yeah, I think so. So that that's interesting that Jim, as far as I know, that has not come up in any of our discussions so far is we talk about communication, the output, but we don't talk much about the input side of things. Mm -hmm. And Hervé, if I'm hearing you correctly, if I'm listening, it's not necessarily just about the, the act of listening, of hearing, but you're referring to seeing reactions, seeing if people are on the phone, uh, seeing if people are taking notes. So can you give our listeners some examples of the types of things that you are listening or looking for when you're speaking in order to be more successful? So uh, you, you're looking for signals that the person in front of you is starting to embark on your story because you're going to tell a story and you better see that the audience is already listening. You know, if you see many people in the audience who are working on their phone, uh, watching a podcast, <laughs> doing things like that, then what you do is you throw a big joke, something like, uh, like uh, totally Canadian. <laughs> and, and then you capture your audience, you watch it, and, and, then, uh, and then you can start to tell your story because it, it's useless to start your story when you haven't prepared the, the ground. So often what I would do is you, you tell things that are not the story, but that are preparing the story. And then when you see the feedback from the people is good, then you, you start to, uh, to get into the, the story. Like I'm going to do tonight. I haven't started, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, one of the things you said, and we, we give you props for being this storyteller, but you said, look, it's still important to hone your skills, right? Can you give us some ideas? You always learn. No, no, you always learn. You always learn. And you have days on, days off too. I mean, you know, sometimes uh, I have bad news or, or whatever. And, and, and you have to also hone into yourself. You have to listen to yourself too, in a way, you know, to see, you know, hey, uh, today I'm in a bad mood or something. So uh, um, you, you hone your skills and you learn your life throughout your life. 
and and that's what makes it also interesting is, uh, is you know you learn uh, I had a you know we do in big companies sometimes we do uh, communication training or uh, so I did so uh, there was this professional communication guy and by the time I was already uh, not shy and I was 30 something so I was pretty pretty confident and uh, yeah there is an interesting story because there was one of my colleagues who started the guy is asking us tell me a story or tell me something and this guy was like a old-fashioned, true uh, storyteller. He was everything you learn in the book about communicating in conferences and in shows, he was all wrong. And, <laughs> and the guy told him, everything is wrong, but you did it perfectly. <laughs> so, so I think there's different ways, you know, everybody has different ways. And you learn, you learn, uh, you learn, yeah. Hervé, as a, as a technical guy, and oftentimes speaking about technical treatment topics, water, wastewater. How are you bridging the gap between the technical complexity and storytelling? Well, I, I told you one of my proudest accomplishments as a techie in Veolia was to be selected to be the master of ceremonies for our sales meetings. And when you are, you know, when you are there, it's very interesting because definitely you don't want to get techie. Uh, the salespeople, that's not what they want, you know. <laughs> in these meetings, they want to have fun and they want to... Uh, so uh, so I think it's something that you learn also that you are techie and that's your value. So my value is I understand a little bit what I'm talking about because I've, I've done four years, you know, I've, I've met good people and I've learned a few things. But, uh, but I know when not to get too deep into the science and again, it's listening. And when, uh, when you know, it's time for, for more the business uh, or anything, it's very important because if you can bore people with science and then they get out of the story, uh, even though I think science is, is fascinating, but the ability to teach science to people in a, in, a, in a way that they say, oh shit, that's interesting. You know, I would like to know more is something that uh, I, I, people do it much better than I do, but I learned to also try to do that. You know, when you meet different people, I, sometimes we visit city, uh, city hall, you know, with a, and we have to tell this story to the people from the village or from the city. And you definitely don't want to get into the kinet monokinetics or, <laughs> you know, this type of thing. And uh, so the success comes when at the end, you have this old lady came to me and she said, oh, it was so interesting, mister. You know, I didn't know your company was doing things like that. I thought you were taking my money. <laughs> so <laughs> it, was, it's, uh, it was a measure of success. You're listening to the Water We Talking About podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. This podcast is produced by Water Online, the leading web-based community for water and wastewater professionals, showcasing the knowledge and authority of industry thought leaders. Water Online provides actionable content from vendors you can trust. And now, back to today's podcast. Yeah. And, and Erve, you work for one of the largest companies in the, in the water industry, getting bigger all the time, right? And so maybe you can tell us a, li a little bit about how you walk that tightrope that, of keeping the corporate perspective without getting yourself in trouble 
of you know what you say is what you say and and how the the the, the corporation looks at you as a, a messenger yeah it's a two-way thing the corporation uh, has trusted me over the years that you know what i'm not gonna i'm gonna tell what i believe but that's never gonna hurt the corporation uh, in a way that they think oh shit i have to <laughs> make him stop uh because they understand that uh you know it's uh the customer and and the people what they expect from us is, is uh, look uh, this is uh what we believe is happening in your water treatment system and it's uh, so there is a a contract if you want with the companies that uh, they give me that uh, trust and uh, and then in the company you learn a lot but you learn a lot in universities it's true that we have so many colleagues uh, that you learn by meeting people in different places in the world and uh, but it's a trust it's almost like a trust contract you know and i of course i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that you know we messed up so badly and uh, on this one but you you want to be you know you want to be able to criticize sometimes and to say you know what we are the largest company in the world but the world is changing so much that if we don't challenge ourselves we are not going to stay the largest and that's what you have seen in many other areas of business so we should think like that and i think it's good to have this type of uh, criticism or challenge is not criticism it's more i say you know what we, if we want to stay the best we have to to help to allow for criticism yeah i'm 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 gonna assume and i hope correctly that we have some younger engineers techies listening to this podcast whenever it it airs what advice would you give to them actionable advice tangible advice to help them kickstart their journey on becoming a better storyteller? Uh, so <laughs> that is, uh, that is first everybody, you know, the people who will watch me, some have more DNA talent, natural talent for some think of themselves as shy and may think that I'm never going to be a storyteller. Well, you have to know when I was 16, 70, I was very shy. I was shy. So there is hope. The first thing I would say is you can do it. Uh, don't, you know what? You, first, you will be afraid. You will, you will have a stage fright at the beginning. That's normal. Don't, uh, I think training is good. So I would say at some point, do it, but then get trained a little bit. Listen to, uh, to what people say about some techniques to help you. Uh, because it's very good to be sometimes, you know, uh, you, you think it's all improvisation. Improvisation is good, but even the best improv people, they have some technique in the mind, so they're never lost. If they are lost, the technique comes to them and it gives them a frame. And so they're not. So I think it's, I would say to people, you know, get, get trained. And most important, you know your subject. Don't be a, a listen, of course. And that's actually, you know, learn how to listen. And then uh, don't, don't assume that you know better than the other guys. Just uh, don't be afraid to say the piece that you, you believe you know, but be modest and listen to, to the people. And uh, uh, this is uh, something that slowly you will be able to, to develop. Yeah. So, Hervé, this has been great, and, and we really appreciate you telling us about communication and storytelling, but we'd be remiss if we didn't have you tell us 
some of the things you see about the future in the water industry. We talked about it during our mm. prep call. Maybe you can tell us some of your observations and some of the things that you see going to happen over the next 10 years um, mm. in, in the water space. Well, I, I, you know, uh, so I, uh, I have been in that space since 85. I was a chemical engineer and then I fell into water. I, I love uh, water more than oil. So, uh, and so what I've seen recently is many, many changes in the space of water. And I would say there is a very strong component of market pull. Market is changing and there is a component of technology push, meaning that some innovations are going to allow us to do things a little bit better differently. So if I start with a second, because I'm a bit of a techie, on the technology push side, uh, I see three domains that can really bring a lot of changes. When we met, us three was for a digital event. So I would start with that. Uh, you know, the, the fact that uh, you can, uh, in a water system, you have a lot of data, a lot of data. And, and this data is very interesting. You know, you have data about epidemiology of a city, now I can mine some data to tell uh, a city that they have a problem with a, with a flu or with a, another virus. COVID was a good example before the doctors start to see many people uh, come to the, to the office. So I have a lot of data. And I think this uh, uh, power of computing, the power of statistics, the power of data mining is going gonna, is gonna to continue to grow and to help us uh, understand and, and serve the people better and, and have better system, more adaptable, et cetera, et cetera. So the first step is this data and computing and uh, digital. <clears throat> the second thing that I am passionate about is uh, I got into microbiology, you know, and, and we use a lot of microbiology in wastewater treatment. In drinking water, we don't like to admit. <laughs> in drinking water treatment, we're supposed to fight microbiology. But by the way, there is some there, but we won't talk about that. But in, in, in wastewater treatment, we definitely use a lot of microbiology and the activated sludge process, the uh, I started membrane bioreactor, but all these biological processes use microbiology. But until 20 years ago, we had no idea. We had of what in this crazy world, the microbial world, what was really happening. We had just the crazy small windows about that. And I would say our, our biological treatment system, what they do today is, is, is uh, <laughs> stupid. I should not say stupid because it has saved many people, but is, is, uh, you put energy oxygen in the system, you mix, you put more energy and you transform the wastewater into CO2, which we know today is not so good for the planet. So, uh, and, I think there will be a, a revolution and it's coming, it's happening, where uh, you will be able to have these wastewater treatment plants where you understand a lot more the microbiology of it. You are going to be able to select some crazy interesting little bacteria, which is not going to produce CO2, but is maybe going to produce a polymer or H2 or CH4. And, and I think that's a biological revolution. It's, it's happening. We are, um, we are creating an event which, where we have the microbial ecologists, which come mainly from medical field, from biotech field. So they have never heard about wastewater treatment, but in their field, they do fantastic things. And we have them meet the uh, wastewater treatment people with the hope that, you know, you will, you, uh, 
So this is uh, very interesting, is the biological part. The other part is, uh, is the material science. You know, uh, membrane filtration has had a big impact on uh, water treatment. And materials are getting better and better and better, you know, and then they will be more selective. And so I think these new materials will allow us to do, uh, to do better. And to do better today doesn't mean a better water quality. You know, nowadays we, we know that energy spend cost of water treatment is important. So you don't want to do over quality. I think we are learning to match the quality to the usage. Most of the usage is for irrigation. Well, in irrigation, you don't need the drinking water quality. So we, we are learning also to, to measure. And then on the, so that was a techno push. Um, this is a long answer because your question was crazy complex. Perfect. <laughs> on the market, on the market pool, the market is changing. I mean, the market is changing. Many things are changing in the market. One thing is, you know, that there is now a, draw, there is a climate change, there is some events which will force cities to come, some cities will need to do water reuse. So there is more uh, a changing demand on, on water in specific areas. And <clears throat> so there is a demand for innovation. There is a demand for new solution, which will be cost effective, applicable, et cetera, et cetera. And what is changing also a lot in the marketplace is uh, when I started 25 or 30 years ago, the big companies like ours were key players to bring innovation to the market. You know, we were proud to say, hey, we have a lot of innovation come from us. Today is not the case. Today, startups have, have found the way innovation is, is, is funded is from the market. So the market is funding innovation. And so the inventors in startups are finding money uh, from the market to fund innovation. And so what the big companies like us see is that we are no longer are the ones who are bringing innovation. We are trying to bring some, we are bringing some. But the disruptive innovations, a lot of them come from startups. And so this is changing also the landscape where the big companies like us have to learn in this new ecosystem, how can I work with the startups and, and, and still be relevant, you know, um, be, and, and, and uh, yeah, and there are ways to do that. But um, so it's, it's, it's changing a lot. I think the value chain will change also. Um, and we don't know exactly where, where, where it's going, which is uh, fascinating. <laughs> so, and, and, and the other change is that water is now is linked with uh, waste management and with energy. You know, there, there are these um, nexus, nexi, and, and these nexi are very important. So the water waste, the water energy, and the water food are very important. So the companies like us, we're not a water company. We are now a, a, a circular economy company where we, we have the waste component, the energy component, and the water component, because in some cases, to put the three together gives you better solutions. Yeah. All right, Hervé, we're coming up on time and we have one final question for you, which is the one we ask all of our guests and that is the infamous airplane banner question. So Jim and I have hired an airplane to fly around the world and we're gonna put you in the driver's seat and you get to have a banner on the back of the plane. Basically a yeah. sentence worth of words that you get to fly in front of every water professional <laughs> around the world 
What do you want the banner to say? Um, there is a beautiful sentence uh, from Saint-Exupéry, I think, and this is, it says, we uh, do not inherit the world from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children. So I think that's a beautiful sentence because it, it puts the responsibility on us to take care of the planet, you know, for the generations to come. I like that sentence. Yeah, fantastic, perfect. So this has been so valuable uh, in terms of your storytelling uh, uh, skills and, and what you can bring to the table and also what the future looks like. So thanks so much. I know our audience- Pleasure, guys. We'll see you in a conference uh, in another conference. Soon. <laughs> All right.